We just got our ass totally kicked. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We couldn't make a first down. We couldn't run the ball. We didn't try to run the ball. We couldn't complete a pass. We sucked. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. We threw that game. We gave it away by doing that. We gave them the friggin' game. In my opinion, that sucked. We couldn't stop the run. Every time they got the ball, they went down and got points. We got our ass totally kicked in the second half. That's what it boiled down to. Holy crap. I don't know who the hell we think we are when we do something like that. Unbelievable. Five turnovers. One of them for... We've, we've thrown four interceptions for touchdowns this year. That might be an NFL record. It was a horseshit performance in the second half. Horseshit. That's pitiful. I mean, it's absolutely pitiful to perform like that pitiful it sucked it stunk playoffs don't talk about playoffs you kidding me playoffs i just hope we can win a game it's sunday august 17th 2014, and this is Eric and Ted's Ice Cream Social. I'm Eric. And I'm Ted. And if you watched any of this weekend's preseason NFL action... Which we did. (laughs) The officials probably (laughs) threw a flag on you for illegal use of the remote control as Tiki Tac calls piled up. Seriously, it was like nothing that Ted and I have ever seen. Yeah, it was pretty terrible. It got so bad uh, during one of the games, it was even uh, calls in favor of our team. We're actually starting to get pretty annoying. What the hell is the NFL doing here, Eric? Well, you have to think that they're trying to make a point. Um, They're trying to maybe get all this out of the way during preseason, hopefully. But it might have something to do with that whole Seattle rules thing that we Mm, talked about in our earlier podcast. And they're paying more attention to the defensive backs and the way they engage their receivers. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably deserves a little bit more uh, more time because this was a little ridiculous. Yeah, you know, one of the games that uh, every single solitary one of the games had double-digit penalties overall. Absurd. Every single one That's of them. diddly poo. <laughs> Thank you, Coach Mora. That, that is diddly poo. Uh, the Saints alone in their preseason game had 22 defensive penalties called against Wait, them. Just defensive? Like just, not even no, just straight up, defensive. flat out there. 22. And to kind of give that a little bit of perspective, the entire last season, the New Orleans Saints had 110 calls against them total. That's offense, defense, and special teams. So it's pretty stupid. But speaking of stupid, though, and another topic that doesn't seem to want to go away is that culture of violence in the NFL. And not the on-field violence that they're trying to diminish at all. Rather ironic, don't you think? I do. It's actually like a black fly in your Chardonnay there, buddy. Oh, they, <laughs> what we're looking at is they're trying to take away this violence on the field, right? You know, you, Supposedly. You, yeah, you see like they're, they're, you know, you can't hit anybody below the le- uh, below the waist. You can't hit anybody above the head. You can't roll up on a guy. Yeah. Can't, can't roll any up on anybody. Yeah, can't grab him by the, the, the no horse collars, all that other stuff. Exactly. But there's still that culture of violence that is pervasive all throughout the entire NFL. Let me see here. What are we talking like unregistered firearms? Well, you like, know what? <laughs> Let, how about this? Pop quiz, hot shot. I got a pop quiz for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. It's going to be related to suspensions. Fell since 2002. This is straight out of Sports Illustrated. I have the actual issue right here in my hot little hands. And they are hot. Little really hands. hot? Yeah, they are. I felt a little hands. uncomfortable. I'm just saying. <laughs> Please. You, you couldn't get off the fact that our, uh, our do drop uh, donut hole treats weren't, <laughs> weren't up to, up to, they, they were up to snuff. Um, 
They didn't you, get glaze on the bottom. I mean, uh, that I was did a, not get glaze on the bottom. That was funny. <laughs> so when we talk about some suspension, we talk about, say, Josh Gordon. Yes. Tell me about Josh Gordon's suspension this year. Give me a brief recap. Well, has that even been settled yet? That, I, I it, mean, well, that, up until this point. Now, he does have an appeal coming up. Uh, he has should another have already appeal. happened, but apparently uh, Goodell was busy. Talk to me about the um, his suspension. What is it? Well, it's a, it's a year. A one-year suspension for a second. It's a, yeah, it's a second field drug test. And uh, didn't he throw in a DUI in there somewhere as well? Uh, yeah. I believe so, yes. It was yes. floating around. But, so, but, I mean, it was primarily for the uh, marijuana use. Okay, what if, how many, games, uh, uh, how many game suspension would you get if you had possession of six unregistered firearms? I mean, what do you think? Like, maybe a year, right? Uh, you would think so. How I about... Mean, yeah, because gun violence in America is a hot topic. So okay, okay. How about a eight, year? How about eight games? A year, I mean? What? How about eight games? Eight games. That's an eight-game suspension. Okay, okay, okay. How about four arrests within 14 months? Wow. Must be talking about Eli. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He's yeah, such a criminal, he, he right? Is, he is. Now, he's more of a smooth uh, criminal. I don't know. I, again, I mean, I'm going to have to say these are pretty egregious. So, that's a, yeah. That's a... Another eight game suspension. Okay, so half a year. How about I got I got a crazy one. So this between one, the two, that makes a full year. Yeah. How about <laughs> stomping on a player's head in the game? Four games. Five. Mm. Not bad. Not yeah, bad. Was close. You were close. You were close. Okay. How about two DUIs? Oh, that's nothing. I mean, even the coaches drive drunk, so like three games, maybe <laughs> two, three games. That is, that could be. It's three games, but just the fact that you said the coaches even drive drunk is probably one of the best answers you could have given. I mean, you could have really. stopped there, and we would have been fine. Now we're getting at this. There's also one other one. This one's going to be okay. This is a big one. Yeah, you got to give me the answer on this one. If you slammed an SUV into a car that had your wife. And two-year-old child in it. But how mouthy was she? I'm going to have to edit that. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you, all, you're going to be suspended for the next five minutes of this broadcast. In all seriousness. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I got to imagine that you got to get kicked out for a year. I mean, that's unconscionable. <sighs> Man. You are one pathetic loser. It would be three. It would be three games. <laughs> and that was, that was only for that. Oh. You get three games if you slam your SUV into your family. So assault your family with a car. Yeah. Okay. You get three games. All right. Okay. Now, seems reasonable. All right. I. How about how about getting free tattoos in college? A fine. Five games. Five games. This is what I'm talking about. So the idea and what, what so Eric and I... you hit a guy in the leg, <laughs> that's bad. Now, don't do that. Yeah. But, you know, if you, again, I hate to keep bringing it up, if you knock your fiancé unconscious, well, well, we have, then that's uh, only I, I, I have some... Uh, we have some audio. Uh, we actually have some audio for uh, from Ray Rice's recent press conference. Uh, we don't think he was very happy. Let's take a brief listen. Before we begin the questions, my yeah. client would like to read from a prepared statement. Yeah. Of course. Go yeah. ahead. So I would Rice. like yeah. to direct this to the distinguished members of the panel. Okay, Ray. Okay. You lousy corksuckers. Oh, Ray. You have violated my fargan rights. That's, that's unnecessary. This summonumbatching country Wait. was founded so that the liberties of common patriotic citizens like me, right. could not be taken away 
by a bunch of fargonized holes <laughs> like yourselves. What, what a mouth on that guy. What a mouth on that guy. I can't believe it. Oh, wow. So Ray Rice is I still... I can't believe he got away with that. He's, he's defiant. <laughs> In this day and age, he got away with that. He's defiant. I can't believe it. And so when the bottom line here, if you, you're, you're correct, if you hit a quarterback in the head, you might get suspended a game. But if you commit a violent crime in the NFL, you know, just firearms, domestic violence, they could really care less. Uh, apparently so. They couldn't, couldn't care less. I'm sorry. And I think we might spend a couple of minutes talking about that because the NFL actually alluded to in the last couple of weeks uh, increasing the penalties for domestic violence, but, but we'll see. Oh, oh, so from this point forward, they're going to take it seriously? Is that what they're uh, that's alluding a, to? Uh, that's what they're trying to tell us. Okay, so. all right. So on a much lighter note, yeah, uh, Ted and I, we've, we've reached the end of our NFL preview. Oh, we have. Okay, as we land on the NFC East, the once powerful division of four of the most storied franchises in the league that has fallen on quite some hard times. <laughs> they certainly have. With the Cowboys satisfied with mediocrity, the Giants, Eli Manning coming off his worst season as a pro. <sighs> and you're going to make me do it, aren't you? It's the Washington Redskins. No, it's not. <laughs> ah, you're so fast. No, uh, but yeah, and also the Washington has the better of their two quarterbacks sitting on the bench. And Chip Kelly's E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles... Talk about Colt McCoy. Uh, no. I'll tell you why RG3 would be the starter. I'll tell you that. Well, later. we know he's the starter, but I don't think he needs to no, be. I think he and I think Kirk Cousins is the better quarterback yeah, there. Yeah, the numbers wouldn't say that, though. No, but uh, and then we have Chip Kelly's Eagles. And So is that who you have winning the East? Uh, we'll see. Well, I can't wait. Also, Ted and I will give our very separate list of our coaching Mount Rushmores. I think we're going to disagree on a couple items. <laughs> I'm positive okay. that we're going to disagree on a couple of the people <laughs> I mean, who belong on the coaching Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and you'd be wrong. Okay. <laughs> we'll this is just so clear. Okay. Now, don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Eric and Ted ICS. Hit up our website, ericandted.com, and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eric and Ted. Mm-hmm. Hey, you want to hear some great news? Thanks, Paulstein. Now, we've had over 1,000 downloads. Of this most humble podcast in our first he month. Was talking loco, and I like it. <laughs> and we cannot thank everyone enough. We love your feedback, and remember, in a year or so, you'll be able to say, I listened to Eric and Ted before it was cool. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's boogie. And I have to tell you, Eric is an uncomfortable guy to work with sometimes. <laughs> so, uh, You're welcome. So where do you want to start off with today, Eric? Touched on last week, what we just mentioned a little bit before, kind of the culture in the NFL, the violence, the, and, and I hate to use this word to tag everybody, but like the thugism, like, like all these fights inside the teams themselves and also against other, other teams. You know, these practices that we've watched, you're watching Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. and the amount of fights... That happened. I'm talking like punches being thrown, um, you know, multiple times during the game, and even under threat of being kicked out of practice, um, you know, things like that, and, it, and it's still going on. Kind think, of bravado that these people put on, and and they feel the need to to come to blows. Uh, these millionaires. I, I think that w- with one of the things that you're mentioning right there, and I, I have to say that 
I don't think that that's necessarily increased, although that's a great point. I think that more awareness. uh, Yeah, I think that the NFL is letting fans into places that they never really were. If you if you're going to tell me that Lyle Alzado in the 70s wasn't a thug uh, on his own roster, that's crazy. You know that Jack Lambert was fighting with somebody on his team in the 1970s. You know that Ed Jones was doing the same thing in Dallas in the 70s when the reach of the NFL and they start to open up the microphones, the, uh, the parabolic microphones mm-hmm. on the sidelines. They start to give you a little bit further look into training camps. Yep. NFL Network. That you used to only be able to see when you, the season ticket holders that would get the tickets mm-hmm. to watch this stuff. Now it's in your living room. Well, and I think that that's, there's a real problem, not problem necessarily, but there's, a, there's the issue with the fact that fantasy football, for better or worse, has become so pervasive in the NFL that people want to see it constantly they they think they know what they're watching when they're watching training camp and that's what the nfl wants deeper reach further down the line people are watching more of the preseason games i think it's true also the domestic violence the gun charges the duis i mean you can't tell me that that hasn't been increasing has it been increasing or has the spotlight been on these guys in the offseason more than it has been in the past let me ask you a question about Ray Rice, and we keep going back to him. But the main reason is, is because it's so glaring, it's, it's, it's so in your face, it and, is. and 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 that it's like we got a video of this. Yeah, it's, and it's, nothing was done. It's right in your face, yeah. okay. And when TMZ reports on it, and it crosses that into the pop culture lexicon, yeah. when it goes from just what sports fans are looking at, and it crosses over into the celebrity, fact, yeah, that my my wife's going to ask me about it. Who's Ray Rice, yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. Um, that's when you know that this is an egregious mm-hmm. issue. Do you think that that crime would have even been reported had there not been a video? Absolutely not. That's uh, emphatic. It, no, absolutely not. I mean, unless somebody was right there. Somebody was right there and witnessed it, okay, and then reported it, you know, to media, what have you. Um, but I, I don't think this is, this would have seen the light of day. So, do you think that this problem is a little bit more underreported? Uh, I think it's definitely underreported, and and my and you know how you talked about um, they're going to be going to try to be more strict um, with domestic violence issues. Let, let me mention suspensions and things like that. specifically right here uh, is uh, an article from yesterday on ESPN.com, uh, from, uh, Jane McManus. It, uh, changes could come next month. Is okay. the, is okay. the oh, that quickly. Now the first paragraph just says the NFL is planning to toughen standards in cases of domestic violence soon, according to a source with knowledge of the process. And it's making it a priority by soliciting advice from experts in the field about wholesale overhaul of its policy and practices. Mm-hmm. Is this all facilitated by Ray Rice? Yes, absolutely. The, the outcry, the outcry with the Ray Rice issue was so was so huge, and the backlash was so. I mean, it went national news. You know, you, you, you're seeing on the Today Show and Good Morning America mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and all these other venues, and obviously we've seen what happened on, on First Take on ESPN. Um, it got such wide reporting that they couldn't ignore it. Th- these cases used to be kind of a, a – these guys became the butt of jokes for fans. Yep. Plaxico Burris shoots himself in the yeah. leg. He's the butt <laughs> of a joke. Yes. Um, when uh, Pac-Man Jones be- – that act- I'm going to make it rain. Like that actually became a <laughs> yes. joke. Yep. Like I'm Pac-Man Jones. Yep. He even yep. saw it on the TV show Archer. Like th- th- yep. flicking money at strippers. Um, these – guys were engaged in criminal activity yep. and 
because it didn't cross over into that exactly that that pop culture. Yep. It, it didn't cross over into the entertainment field, as you yeah. mentioned. Um, you're right. The celebrity news. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and now with the NFL Network's 24 hours oh, yeah. and, and TMZ's 24 hours. And everybody's got a video camera in their hand. Everybody. Everybody. And so when I was reading off that list earlier and we had our pop quiz and we were kind of you know goofing about it a little bit, we're not laughing at the crimes themselves. No. These are serious things. Absolutely. We're laughing almost at the NFL's flaccid in response balance, to it. In balance of suspensions versus the weight of the quote-unquote crime. These no crimes. Well, Dog some fighting. of those weren't on crime. I mean, no. uh, stepping on a guy's arm or or you know, uh, legal hit to the head in the game is not a crime. No, that's why. But slamming, yeah, but slamming your you know SUV into a car with yeah. your wife and kid in I mean, it. That's assault with a deadly weapon. It, and, and for any normal person, if I did that to you on purpose, you're I, going I'd to go jail. With assault with a deadly weapon. Yeah, trying to run you down. Now people think that Michael Vick was thrown out of the NFL for this extended period of time. Well, he was in jail. Michael Vick's <laughs> suspension for dogfighting was two games. But, they, but they, they gave two games, but they also did say that they took into account the fact that he's already missed, what was it, a season and a half? Season and a half because he was in jail. Yeah. So they kind of dovetailed that and was like, all right, well, he would have been out of the game. So we're not going to hit him with another year suspension and take him out for three years, and then his career would have been over. It would have been over. If they suspended him for any more than what they had already done after he got out, he wouldn't have come back. And, you know, not for nothing, I know that's a serious crime, but there's, people, there's, there's incidents involving humans that don't get as much attention. Um, and, and I love dogs, but everybody kind of deserves that little second chance. I mean, really. I mean, this is a world full of second chances. It's true. It, it, you it, roll it, your it, eyes, but it, it's, it's a world full of second chances. Right, well, so he's, that, but he's back in the NFL. And he's, he's incident-free. And Unlike I'm, some of these people that continue to do the same stuff over and over and over again and keep getting suspended for the same stuff, you know, that's... What, what mean, is it, uh, Rogers Cromartie? Um, yeah, he's always getting in trouble for something. Well, he has... Uh, what does he, has he got, like, 25 kids? I, that's I, I almost wish you were exaggerating. Like I, I don't know the exact. <laughs> I think it's number. eleven. I think it's eleven kids. But with but, <laughs> but with eight women or something. Yeah, and yeah, it's with a large different amount of women. Yeah, and I think and his paycheck is his child support. That's why he actually got signed with the Jets. It was one of the things about signing yeah. with the Jets a he couple of years to. ago. Was <laughs> I have to sign? You guys have to make sure that my back child support gets paid. That was his signing bonus. Yep. Like you didn't. What he's didn't playing learn to a lesson. support. Yeah, and and. Yes, there's a difference between playing to support your family and, I guess, to support his habit of having children out of wedlock. Yeah. What, what's he doing? Not, and not that there's anything wrong with that. No. You can ha- have a kid. Wait, but when they start suffering because of your choices, that's but a when you have, story. But when you have 11 with eight women and you make yeah, Sean Kemp look like a pika, <laughs> like, yeah, you, you probably... Yeah, no, he made it rain. <laughs> yeah. He, did, he made it rain small children. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when we start to look at these things, possession of six unregistered firearms got a guy an eight-game suspension. Mm-hmm. What happens to me if I have eight unregistered firearms? I'm going to jail. Um, yeah, I mean, you go in jail probably for under a year, first offense. But, I lose I my mean, right to vote. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to be able to get a good job when I get out. No, definitely not. So what is the NFL, like, the, how is the NFL justifying this like honestly, I mean, that's the type of person you want in the league, I guess. Is it? It must be. Okay, then juxtaposed against the fact that these guys who are violent on the outside, nope, no more violence on the field. 
Okay, so now we have to calm the game down. You can't grab wide receivers when they're going out for a pass. You can't tug on their jersey, or we'll throw 22 penalty flags on you in a mm-hmm. preseason game. Yep. We're going to make sure. unwatchable. That's the perfect word, unwatchable. It, Even the Pats game was unwatchable. I called you midway through it yes. and said are you watching this i'm, I'm done like, i'm trying <laughs> yeah i'm done i'm i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to do my my homework here and it, i can't <laughs> and i and i honestly can i yeah. was just it was the stupidest thing i'd yeah. seen on the field in possibly forever yeah and i'm watching this diminished role of the explosive hit and the violence over the middle and yep. you know, the only time you see an explosive hit nowadays is is when they um you know a defensive end or or, or a lineman breaks free and hits hits the quarterback right in the chest yeah i mean it's i mean other than that it's uh, now and i, I, I have not I, the same i don't have much of a, was. and i don't have much of a problem with the nfl sort of diff, like having that uh front office defense of a quarterback sure it's a tough position to play and that's where the that's where the nfl butters their bread man well it's where every team butters their bread yeah, you know what I mean. If you have everybody starting quarterback going out with leg injuries and head injuries, I mean, what kind of product are you going to be putting on the field? Peyton Manning, Tom Brady. You got to protect Brees. those guys. Those guys are what make the league as successful as it is. There's a re- yeah. There's a reason why we don't clamor to watch the Canadian Football League mm, because everybody can pass in the Canadian Football League. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's, that's actually a, that's, that's true. A really good point. And when I'm looking at things like there was a guy who. Uh, he had tampered with his uh, his drug sample, yeah. and he got six games. Yeah. Tampered with his drug sample in six games. Yeah. That's if I do it, it's obstructing justice. Mm. It's 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 interfering with a criminal investigation or something. You know, there, there's charges that put me away forever. And I'm not saying that. I don't know, man. I don't know if I put a drop of bleach in my urine sample. I don't think I'd be going to jail. They'd probably <clears throat> just put it down as a failed sample. Not that I have to take urine screens. <laughs> Just to be clear, <laughs> but he's and, and Eric knows nothing about any of the drug subcultures. No, and that's that's an important nope. distinction. I want everybody to be quite aware of that. Just say no, kids. Stay no, away from drugs. No kids. Just say no, kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, yeah, the importance. That's what you said to Cremani. <laughs> the importance of punctuation by Antonio yes. Cremani. <laughs> Let's eat, Grandma. <laughs> Let's eat. <laughs> Let's eat, Grandma. So. I'm still a little bit frustrated with the way that the NFL handles these things, obviously. And now this seems like such a limp-wristed response yes. on the other oh, side. Oh, now we're going to take special care. Now, now I'm going to tell you something that might not be a popular way of looking, but I was just talking to you about a little while ago. What are the odds that, okay, say they cross the board, if you're in a domestic violence situation, you're suspended for eight games, half the season. Okay. How many of those do you think would not get reported because of that? So now, how many do? How many of these women stay with these men that abuse them? But, but, For yeah. right or wrong, happens all the time. You see it in the Ray Rice situation. They immediately got married. Yeah. After the fact, so it happens all the time. And again, I'm not in any of these relationships. Uh, you know how they how they they work together and and how everything how that all that works. So I'm not I'm not going to judge them. If someone wants to stay with someone that's abused them, that's their decision. But now they'll be less likely. I feel they'd be less likely to so, to report it if they know all of a sudden now they're going to be affected. Uh, well, if I report that he just smacked me, he's out eight games. He's that's eight him. game checks. What am I going to get mine? Or or even the kids? Whatever the situation may be. But now there's a tangible result. And if you report your boyfriend, your husband smacking you around, 
And then that could possibly affect your livelihood. You're saying that the reporting of domestic violence incidents with players mm-hmm. um, that are in a family situation sure. is, would actually diminish. Because I think I think it, I think it could. It, it, you're proposing that. It's yeah, possible. I, I believe that it's possible that that when they put the spotlight on it and make it a you know six game eight game that you know they would just turn that and use that to their advantage. Be like, hey, you don't want me to miss these eight games, do you? Well. In an, in an interesting little uh, kind of hand in glove in that. Not uh, saying that it's right, but. I, I, I get your point. To and be clear. <laughs> yeah. That would be one of those. It remains to be seen. Oh, cause and effect. We, we would see. Do you realize that obviously we know that the NFL makes billions of dollars annually? Billions. Billions of dollars annually. And they have a player code of conduct. Do you know that domestic violence has never. No appearance there in the code of conduct? It has never formally been included in the player conduct code do you realize how absolutely was irresponsible it written in the 40s it, it's uh, yeah <laughs> take your dame yeah, and put her I, over I your knee you, <laughs> put your dame over your knee you better watch her mouth see <laughs> to the moon alice yeah it, so they never put this in the code of conduct to to, to begin with so the fact that they're actually struggling and wrestling to put that in now is insane so with that we understand clearly that this isn't a problem that's going to get fixed overnight we know that the nfl is now trying to more than anything save face we know they do a great job and that's what it is you hit the nail right on the head saving face so does it make it as impactful if they're doing it to appease or because it's the right thing you, you know, you see what i'm saying no they're not doing it because it's the right thing right they're they're doing doing it to appease yeah they're doing it to just just to uh, just to appease the 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 fan base yep. and not to and alienate the women fans, the, the women fans. <laughs> and their fastest growing market. <laughs> yeah, and and we know that the NFL players are expendable. They, if they're not Tom Brady and Peyton Manning and uh, clearly Ray Rice to this degree, do you think that if a fourth level fourth tier linebacker on the Jacksonville Jaguars would have gotten this same benefit of the doubt? Of course not. He would have been kicked off the team. He would have been kicked off the team. He wouldn't have had John Harbaugh. Kicked off the team before any any punishment got handed down. He'd be without a job. Well, he's just a punk-ass errand boy working for an international syndicate of fashion designers. (laughs) Fashion designers. (laughs) And John Harbaugh, I bet, wouldn't stand behind him after he made his one mistake. And that is one of the no. most sickening aspects to all of this. But as holds true in society, it's been that way for decades and decades and decades. The more well-known you have, the more friends you have, the more uh, the more useful you are to a set of people, the less likely you are to answer to any indiscretions you may have. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. Don't forget to hit us up on Twitter at Eric and Ted ICS. And our website at ericandted.com. And on Facebook at facebook.com slash ericandted. Yeah, it's from national underground, underbounds, and I stop the ground. Like a million elephants, a silverback, orangutan, you can't stop a train. Who wants all don't come unprepared, I'll be there, but when I leave there, better be asshole name. Where the man tells us it ain't gonna rain
soaking wet In a swimsuit, trying not to sweat Hit some sauce without the net But this be the end that we won't forget One, nine, 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 nine. <laughs> No, you, nine, come nine, on, nine, you, had, <laughs> you had a groove going there oh, That song gets me so pumped <laughs> I hope it's pumped enough to make you talk about the <laughs> NFC Least The worst division in football Or the most competitive Oh, uh, you know, 6-1? No. Uh, no. It's pretty bad. <laughs> but let's talk about the NFC East and finish up our uh, our final NFL preview here. Now, and this is your wheelhouse. It, it is, it's my wheelhouse, but it also, that doesn't mean that I'm comfortable about this. I mean, this. You, got, you got your Dallas Cowboys. Mm. You, got your, you got your New York Giants. All right. You got yeah. You got your Washington Redskins. No, 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 <laughs> not a chance. Ah, well, go ahead. I want you to start with the Eagles, the E A G L E S Eagles. Well, then we're starting with the team that wins the NFC East this so, year. Oh, so that's your winner. I do. I have the I have the Eagles winning the NFC East again. Last year they finished ten and six. They did. They, uh, they won the division last year. They still have Lashawn McCoy. They still have. Uh, Nick Foles at quarterback. Yeah. It's still got Riley Cooper. <laughs> as, as long as Riley Cooper. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> what do you mean, you guys? Uh, as long as Riley Cooper doesn't go to any country and Western uh, concerts, <laughs> that boy's a shit kicker. Uh, but they have a. Uh, they're trying to improve their defense. Mm-hmm. Not bad. They grabbed Darren Sproles in the offseason. One of the things that Chip Kelly had was kind of an insightful moment of Chip Kelly and how he wants to run his offense, which one of the things I really thought was a a cool telling moment about the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, In a press conference during uh, training camp this year, he revealed, I guess, that he's going to have McCoy and Sproles out on the field at the same time. Now, that might not sound to the... Well, you know, I mean, that could work. not only could work, there's not a lot of guys in the NFL. Thunder and lightning. Well, the thunder, <laughs> lightning and lightning. There's not a lot of guys yeah, in the NFL that can true. cover McCoy one-on-one. There's Sproles, n- man. What a little. Mm, not a lot of guys yeah. that can cover Sproles one-on-one. Yeah, little tiny, fast. And McCoy. So low to the ground. People don't necessarily give McCoy credit for this, but if you saw anything from like Deadspin this week or Bleacher mm-hmm. Report or any, they, they showed uh, he was throwing 45-pound um, yes. Yeah. The weights, weights. Yeah. Weights around like frisbees. Yep. This is a powerful running back, and he has one of the great tricks in the entire NFL. Okay. Go ahead. Whenever he jukes a player on the opposing defense, he goes McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a true story. Yeah. <laughs> this is a true story. Lashawn McCoy. Why is he now my favorite player? <laughs> like right? Yeah. Lashawn McCoy's got this little trick, right? So yeah, this is, this is a true story. He was in an interview a couple of years ago, and he was talking <laughs> oh, about great. this. Like they're like, ah, oh, you know, well, who's your favorite running back? And he talked a lot about Barry Sanders and yeah. things. And he says, well, what are you going to do? Like, the interviewer said, what are you going to do to kind of like leave your mark on the NFL? And he says, so every time I juke somebody, I shout McCoy right at him. <laughs> so they, great. That's just great. So they know stop. who's got him. I can't stop and, laughing. Dude, that's is that not the funniest thing you've ever heard? Oh my god! And, oh, but he's also proved to be not only this great running back, oh, not only this incredibly funny guy who's yelling McCoy every time he blows wow. by somebody, um, and now every time you watch an Eagles game all season, anybody mm-hmm. listening, you, anytime you watch an Eagles game, anytime you see him blow by somebody, know in your heart that he like. He just yelled, McCoy, <laughs> as he ran by the guy. I'm going to yell it for him from my Yeah, couch. right, McCoy. <laughs> so with um, that. So but, you have them winning. Obviously, we know but McCoy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, Nick Foles. He, he, he's on the precipice mm-hmm. of having a, and I don't even want to say breakout yet because 
the stats last, last year, year was his breakout year. Twenty-seven touchdowns to two, two. interceptions. Interceptions. Two. Are you kidding me? That is. When does that happen in the doesn't. NFL? It doesn't. Twenty-seven to two interception touchdown ratio, just under three thousand yards at twenty-eight ninety-one, yeah. uh, with a uh, one nineteen passer rating. How many games did he start last year? Um, it, well, the, uh, because t- 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 thirteen games, yeah. So he didn't even play in the first three games of the no, season. No, no, thirteen games. So and, and he only started ten of them. And so he started ten games, and in those ten games, twenty-seven TDs, two INTs, almost three thousand yards. Now, the interesting thing about this is normally when you see a guy kind of like catch fire like that, and you could attest to this. You remember That's Scott, almost three TDs a game. You remember Scott Mitchell, of, of course, right? And then he goes to Detroit. They give him a huge contract. He falls on his face. Yeah, you see this a lot in the NFL where a guy comes in, catches fire for boom, a couple of weeks. And he gets a big contract, Matt Flynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Flynn goes in as an understudy for Aaron Rodgers a couple of years ago. In the offseason, he gets a gigantic contract, $10 million a year for uh, Seattle. They end up never using him, basically. But it was based on the performance of a very, uh, a very short period of time. Nick Foles, on the other hand, he did have the 10 starts. Mm-hmm. Nobody was necessarily able to figure him out. Well, he also had three rushing touchdowns. So he himself was responsible for, for three, yeah, for three touchdowns for every game he started. Mm-hmm. That's a great stat, and he's also in a place where this isn't a situation where he's going to be figured out. This isn't like oh, now we know no, how to still figure new. him out. No, he's still the new. Offense that you have laid out in front of him is new enough, mm-hmm. innovative enough, fast enough, fast enough, and he's got enough weapons that he, we we're talking about Brent Selleck, who everybody's you know every quarterback needs a safety blanket. Yep. Brent Selleck is his. You have Darren Sproles here. You have McCoy. We've already talked about it. His, uh, his receiver, and, and Jeremy Macklin. We, yeah, and as much, as much as we make fun of Riley Cooper, for what he is, he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I'd say he's a half a step below a Jody Nelson. Yeah, and but you know he's good. He has, he has good hands. He doesn't have the speed of, of, of Nelson or the elusiveness, but he's a serviceable wide receiver. He'll take a hit. You can, yeah, he'll take a hit. He won't alligator on it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and and he's got good hands. If you throw near him, he's going to catch it. So now, understanding where the Eagles are at, this division, they run roughshod over this division. The conference is, is tricky. The conference is tough. But the conference is tough because of the amount of competition that you have elsewhere. Yeah. In the, in the north, in the particularly. North, yeah. um, but I got the Eagles running the, away with it. 12 and 4? Yeah. I got the Eagles improving by a couple of games. Yeah. And, okay, uh, well, I mean, well, when you go with a, a guy who started 10 games last year, he's going to be starting all 16, mm-hmm. you know, provided he stays healthy, obviously. We um, always have that caveat. Of course, yeah. of course. In, in football, you have to. Um, same thing with the Patriots. It's, yep. you know, they're going to be 14-2, 13-3, provided Tom Brady stays healthy. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, they went 10-6 last year. Um, I'm wondering how many of those were uh, were Nick Foles wins. I'm curious to see what that is. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. I could see him going 11-5. and five. Yeah, you know, I can see them going eleven five for sure, um, and that puts them right in the hunt for home field advantage. I don't think it's going to go that by. far, but you know, you got the, you got the Saints and, and you got Green Bay. You got I, those I, teams. I told you, I have Detroit. Yeah. I have Detroit as the yes. shocker team. Absolutely. But Jim Caldwell puts it all together. Yeah, there. I can't wait to see how they develop. But we talked about them already. Right, so I got the Eagles finishing this thing out. Yeah. All right. So I mean, I'm going to have. I mean, I'm going to have the Giants bouncing back. Bounce it back this year. New offensive coordinator for Eli. Yeah, you got that's Ben McAdoo. Mm-hmm. All right, he spent um, was it, he spent eight years with Green Bay, six as a tight ends coach, two as a QB coach. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they have a lot of high high praise for him. Uh, right now, the Giants are sitting at a 40-to-1 odds to win the Super Bowl, uh, which, by the way, mm. the entire division is 40-to-1, except for um, the Eagles, who mm-hmm. are 30-to-1. Yep. So take take that for what it's worth. I can see that. Um, they got uh, they got this kid uh, Rashad Jennings. <laughs> okay, he's gonna he's gonna be doing the the bulk of the carries. Yeah. Um, we, in 15 games with the Raiders, he had uh, a little over 700 yards, average four and a half per carry, which is nothing to sneeze at. Mm-hmm. That that for the Raiders now remember that's really good Rash- four and a half per carry. Remember where Rashad Jennings came from? He actually came from uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars yep. through. Oakland. Yep. And as in Jacksonville, he was the understudy to uh, MJD. Yep. And he had and, six touchdowns last year. Yeah. You know, serviceable again for the Raiders. Six touchdowns from running backs, pretty good. Yeah. Um. So he's going to be getting the bulk of the carries, uh, backed up by Peyton Hillis, who again he's not going to light up the world, but he's that big, you know, bruising type guy. He got him 250 <clears throat> yards last year, give or take a few. You know what he, I've seen from Hillis, spell, you know, I, short short yardage, things like that. The thing I saw from Hillis actually that they've been running in the preseason. I'm not sure how revealing this is for their overall mm-hmm. game plan. Although I don't see Tom Coughlin guarding his cards quite like other coaches might. Well, he only played seven games last year. <clears throat> now, well, Hillis has been uh, catching the ball out of the backfield a lot. Yeah, he's got a few receptions already yeah, in the preseason. Yeah, and uh, Eli, again, you as a quarterback always need that safety valve. And if Peyton Hillis becomes that guy for you, watch out. Yeah, the Giants could be on their way back. Yeah, if they get a, if he gets a full head of steam, <laughs> you know, behind him, uh, he's going to knock over a few guys on his way he, to a yeah. seventeen yard gain. You don't have you a safety who's going to want to square up with him. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, 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 where do you have well, the yeah, Giants? I'm sorry. That's, the, that's the thing. Now they've missed the playoffs two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, much to the chagrin of, of Ahmed. Uh, our buddy Ahmed there, uh, who will be featured in the yep, Puerto Rican in the Puerto Rican minute. I can't wait to let that one yep. lose, but. Um, but big Giants fan, so he's kind of been suffering a little bit. Still, kind of rests back on the well. My team beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. Who else has done that? So at least he has that in his corner. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, this is going to be three in a row. This is going to be three years in a row missing the playoffs. They're not going to get the wild card. The, the wild card's not coming out of the year. East. No, it's not. It's not coming out of the Either East, and they're card. not winning the yeah, and they're not winning the division. Nope. Uh, they finished seven and nine last year. Eight and eight, uh, yeah, nine I have eight and eight, nine and seven. I think nine and seven is a good number for them. Yep, um, they're gonna, you know, kind of be a headache for a couple of teams. But uh, this is one of those divisions that always eats its yeah. own tail. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, exactly. They just beat up on each other, it, leave them bruised and battered, which is why uh, a team from the AFC East hasn't really made a push in the playoffs for quite some time. Oh, the NFC East, yeah, the NFC yeah, East since since the Giants went in, uh, as a wild card and you know world beaters in the playoffs. Yeah. But short of that. They just beat up each other uh, during the regular season so much. What else do they have to offer in the playoffs? And just on that, b- very briefly, kind of, uh, and and Eric mentioned uh, our good friend who's going to be featured on the Puerto Rican Minute. We have kind of this revolving question, and right, right based on Eli. Um, it's the first day of training camp. <laughs> you have a football team already intact. Everybody's good. And it's the first day of training camp. You get to pick between Peyton Manning and Eli Manning, who's your quarterback. Regular season, you pick Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. It's the first day of the playoffs, exact same scenario. You can pick Eli or Peyton, you and pick, who do you pick? You pick Eli. Every single time. You can't argue with, with his performances <laughs> in the playoffs. I, you can't. If they're there, if they got to the playoffs. He's like the rain man of yeah, playoffs. Yeah, he just makes it happen. Yeah. David Tyree. Yeah, David Tyree's yeah, open. Stick it to his helmet. Yeah. yeah. Patriot way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Touchdown score. Oh, my God. <laughs> Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots. <laughs> <laughs>
So, <laughs> so Giants <clears throat> nine and seven missed the playoffs, but a little bit of a bounce back year for them. Okay, hopefully Eli can <laughs> scrape himself up and uh, you know come well, they, they, they have a they have a giant they have a giant offensive line. Not to you know pardon oh, the pun. Oh. Yeah, they have a they, but capable They're running huge. backs again. <laughs> yeah, capable running backs again. Uh, you know, there's wide receivers. There's, they have the things in place to keep them competitive. They don't have the things in place yet to get them into the playoffs. Well, see, with the receiving core, though, a little bit dangerous. That's what I'm, if, if I didn't think the Eagles were going to be so good, mm-hmm. I'd have the Giants winning this division. Okay. Now, granted, the Eagles aren't a lock. Okay? No. We've seen them fall flat on the face numerous times. Greatest team ever. This is so, a dream team. Yeah, yeah, the dream team. Yeah, thanks, um, Vince. So if the Eagles don't win that division, I'm giving it to the Giants, and I'm giving it to them for this reason. Who's that, who's that rookie yeah, wide receiver? You go, well, you got Victor Cruz. We know what his skill set is. We know that he's going to be successful and a great target. You still got Mario Manninhead piddling around as your third receiver. Yeah, but this is the guy to watch out for. Um, he, he came out of Newberry College. Oh, um, Division Two school. Yeah. yeah, a Division Two school. Yep. And this dude's name is Kerry Washington, so just keep an eye on him. He had 12 TDs. I know it was Division Two, but that was second in all of Division Two. You know, 70, uh, 750 yards. Again, Division Two school. Mm-hmm. But he's 6'4", um, 220 pounds. He is the tallest and heaviest wide receiver on the Giants. And he's got really good hands. I think you're going to hear this guy's name a lot. Mm-hmm. And if Eli does have his bounce back year, I think you're going to have a little bit of a high-powered offense here in the Giants. They can start making noise again. Now, I don't know what to expect too much from their defense because just as much as they can score 30, they can give up 30. Mm-hmm. So if the Eagles underachieve, watch out for the Giants. And we, then if they get in the playoffs, <laughs> and, and then we, we know, know what, we can, what can happen. So just keep an eye on Kerry Washington. I think he's going to do some things this year. Okay. All right, so next up, I want to talk about your Dallas Cowboys. Now, I know we've spent a lot of time on them over the course of the last we, we couple of weeks. We just talked to them but, for like but 25 the, minutes last week. Yeah, but, but just to recap. But that was the culture, not so much their talent. Uh, yeah, and, and I think just to, just to put a, I guess put a bow on this thing or put this pig to bed, um, this team has decided to settle on mediocrity. Yep. And apparently for Jerry that that's... That's completely acceptable. That's uh, okay. Okay, as long as his as long as he's still making money. Apparently, as Jerry Dome is built and it's decorated with beautiful artworks that his wife picked out, and I guess his wife doesn't mind about the strippers pressing their faces against his crotch. Well, that was ten years ago. He was a much younger man then. Uh, oh yeah, he was only in his nineties. <laughs> his practice of hiring his entire family. He's got uh, cousins and nephews and nieces and and cousins and all this other crazy stuff. All working in the front office on the team. Once fabled Dallas Cowboys have now decided that even though they've sent their season ticket holders NFC Championship tickets, yeah, home, 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 home NFC, NFC Championship, championship tickets, tickets, they uh, <laughs> not for free apparently. Yeah, and and they're they're going to they're they're going to settle on mediocrity again. Their number one defensive player after give, getting <laughs> after getting rid of uh, Demarcus Ware, Demarcus Ware, their number one defensive player was Sean Lee. Who's now out for the season? With yeah, an yeah, that's that was that was upsetting. Now they yeah. played a preseason game last night, and they held Joe Flacco to one to one for nine while he was up against the first defense. Yeah, but first defense was all one one and nine. But that was Joe Flacco. Um, but 
Dude, he's like one of the best quarterbacks. Oh, that's right. His his contract he's, he's got, is he's paying as a top two quarterback. <laughs> right. So him. he must be good. Between, we talked about boy, this. Him, between him and Andy Dalton, I don't even know why Tom Brady <laughs> and Peyton Manning suit up. Um, but uh, hey, don't don't knock Andy Dalton. You know, you have uh, you have you have Tony Romo, uh, not a leader. You have a, a dynamic running back, not a leader. You have a dynamic running back who. Can't stay healthy for a 16 game stretch. No. Can't stay healthy for 12. And they stretch. can't even commit to him either um, to the run game. No, uh, by passing yeah. 55 times a game. Yep. But the problem is, is that if you can't get off of the field on defense, you can't run the ball. Yep. So you don't have the ability. You're constantly to- playing catch up. Now you have Des Bryant out there. Awesome, Des Bryant. Yay, that's Great your defensive attitude. leader. That guy is your your, your offensive leader. I'm sorry, it, uh, it's Des Bryant. So when you have Des Bryant leading your team. Out onto the field. Now, did they draft well? I think the Cowboys drafted really well. Yeah, you were happy with their draft. Very happy. Two, three years down the line. Do they have leadership in place to be able to cultivate a winning team? They do no. not. They don't have it at the front office. They I mean, don't do have they it in the office. Do they underestimate that value that leadership has to a team? They Well, that's an you interesting... You watch them every year. And, and, that's you know, an interesting question and because when you had... Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith and... Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin yep. and Charles Haley. Yep. Charles Haley... When he got to the Dallas Cowboys, nobody had had a Super Bowl ring. Yep. Charles Haley got into the locker room, and somebody said to him, wow, can I see your Super Bowl ring that he had just won with uh, the San Francisco 49ers? And his reply to them was, go out and win your own effing Super Bowl ring. And that year they went out and won their own effing Super Bowl yep. ring. That's the After being what one in fifteen? It was uh, that was actually they were nine and seven that previous year. They were one in fifteen in uh, Troy. Oh, Troy rookie. rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, Yep. And so the Cowboys have decided that mediocrity is completely and totally appropriate for them. That's how they're going to continue to go forward. So last year they went eight and eight, and this year they go seven and nine. Oh, so not mediocre. No, they they just step back. <laughs> just they, they, they stay right in that sub-par. same wheelhouse. Yep, they, seven, they do. Yep, seven they, and they, nine. They, they, they Good are job, not Jerry a playoff team. And Does this cost Jeff Jarrett his job? Uh, uh, Jason Garrett? I'm, uh, wow, Jeff Jarrett. Wow. Where's, no, where's does it cost there? him his job? Uh, it depends if Jerry can find a suitable sycophant to stand in that to position yes, again. To yes him? Yeah. Like, or does he... I mean, at what point does his son get involved in, in, in all this? His son and, is busy on the Dallas Cowboys party bus with the head of officials <laughs> on Sunset Boulevard. So, so he is I getting mean? involved. Yeah. He's doing his part. Yeah, he's trying to influence the officials, apparently. <laughs> Good for but him. see, that's what the entire thing is. When you start to break uh, down, like, okay, well, who's going to step in? Nobody. This is about to turn into a worse situation than the Oakland Raiders. It's going to be worse than the Donald Sterling uh, by the time that uh, Jerry Jones is done with this team. Oh, my God. So if you, <laughs> if you hear a creaking noise, that's just you know me shutting a door at the beginning of the season and yeah. locking myself behind it, and yeah, I'll see everybody well, in the It'll give you time to focus on the other teams in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, surely. And there's one other team in the NFC East. Okay. And that's going to be the Washington <laughs> The Washington <laughs> <laughs> no, I won't do it the whole time. Yeah, I, know, I know. Got it. I know. Okay. So, as you said, they got a backup who should be the starter. Kirk Cousins, man. Really? This kid's the real deal. The real deal. I do. I, you know, Eight to ten touchdown to interception ratio. It's, I, I, well, he hasn't been given an appropriate shot. I think by the time he got in there, the team had already pretty much quit. The uh, Shanahans were on their way out. They had, uh, Mike Shanahan and his son Kyle were in charge of the a 58 team. 58 QBR rating. 
and in the previous season, in his one start, he had 101 QBR rating. So, oh, one start, so that's what you're basing this on. Well, no, I'm not basing it on that. I'm basing it on a team that quit. The fact that you have RG3, who's a RG3. dynamic athlete. Uh, Passing yards. And again, I'm not injured. denying his talent. 3,200 yards. He's, he's an amazing 3,203. Talent. Great. Two years in a row. Awesome. Okay. 20 TDs to 5 interceptions. Fantastic. Six, 16 TDs to 2 interceptions. Awesome. 65 completion What a superstar. Rating. 60% completion rating. Oh. And you're telling me he shouldn't be the starter of the, of the Redskins? Do you think he's a leader? I think they have enough leaders oh, on that team. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Let's back it up. Let's back it up to when we have a conversation about quarterbacks and we even... No. So, we I don't know enough about RG3 to, whether, to know whether or not he is a leader. So you haven't heard anything that's come out in the last three years about his team talking behind his back, about how he's not a leader, and he does this, that, and the other thing, and he sabotages the team in the name of himself. He got the so Shanahan's he sabot- fired. So he sabotaged the team. That's the- so he's the reason they went 3-13 and 13 last year. He's a huge reason they went 3-13 and 13 It wasn't year. the coach. Well... Let's think about this. Who's who's supposed to be in charge of an NFL team? The coach. Awesome. Who's the coach got to work with? The quarterback, right? Yeah. So well, what if, but but has he been working with? Because it seems you're like talking about RG3. Mike Shanahan. Yeah, exactly. You're talking about Mike Shanahan. Who, who didn't like able- him in the first place? It doesn't seem like he's worked with him at all since RG three has come into the organization. Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan put together. First of all, Mike Shanahan, multiple Super Bowl winners. Oh, yeah. No, no. Okay. We're not, so I'm we're not, not arguing about his, his ability. credentials and his ability to coach a team. Okay. But it seems like from day one, that RG3 didn't want to listen to him? I'm not going to get into all that because that was a whole circus on its own when that, when the, that happened. You're the making double talk, my point. The double talk, the, the, the lack of respect. You, you normally don't see that in, in an NFL organization where you got a rookie quarterback second-guessing publicly – your head coach, and therein lies your problem, right there. But you, but there's no saying that you can't rebuild a relationship from that. But it seemed like he allowed that to dictate their relationship from that point on and going into the future. Who? Now, I'm not Who, in Shanahan the or RG three. Both. Uh, okay, because I think that the Shanahans had a very clear vision on what they wanted to do with this franchise. But the owner is is handcuffing. You're making handcuffed, a handcuffed. Okay, because he's not there anymore. Oh, so you brought up the owner. You brought up Daniel Schneider. He shoved RG3 down his throat. Okay. Shanahan. Schottenheimer. Spurrier. Yeah, yeah let's get the list of the Gibbs. future Hall of Fame coaches that, that Snyder's Turner. run through there and run out of there. Okay. So just I, in, in two yep. seconds off the top of my head, I just named five guys who could potentially be Hall of Fame yep. eligible. Absolutely. As either a head coach or an assistant. And Joe Gibbs is already in the NFL Hall yep. of Fame. Okay. Yep. That was absurd. What and are you bringing him back for? And what ran, you bring him back for? Ran him out of town. Yep. And ran him out of ran town. Ran them all out of town. Ran them all out of town. Ran them all out of town. Well, you didn't give me a Super Bowl in the two seasons that I gave you to coach. He's gone and done the Bruce Smith, Deion Sanders, let's yes. buy a championship experiment. Yep. Let's bring the, the old ball coach, yep. Steve Spurrier, yeah, up Hainsworth. from college. Let's get, the, let's let's get, get Albert the Hainsworth. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's try to do it. Like, so he's done nothing to help this franchise out. Yeah. He has Mike Shanahan. The ownership is awful. The ownership is horrendous. Yes. That means the leadership from the top down is. Yes. But if your owner has decided that he wants to hang out with the quarterback rather than put his team in position to succeed, you got a big problem. And part of that big problem becomes RG3. Right there. When he can talk about the coach with 
perfect to plumb. I don't care about the coach. I don't like the way he runs the offense. I don't think that he's making the right decisions. He's not using me well. Yo, shut up, you little punk. This guy's taking teams to the Super Bowl. I and you're gonna you're gonna mouth off to him. Kirk Cousins, on the other hand. Now, wait, forget about Kirk Cousins for one second before I before <laughs> I leave RG3. They got a great co- uh, QB staff right now. I and and they're not gonna do anything with it. They got Colt McCoy, they got Kirk Cousins, and they got RG three, and they're not gonna do anything with all three of them. No. And now with Kirk Cousins. There's teams that could use any one of those quarterbacks. Sure. sure. And now you but have what's Jay Gruden gonna do? be an overrated blowhard. I'm pretty sure that's not the Gruden they wanted. No, it's definitely not the Gruden Dan they Snyder wanted. Dan Snyder says, get me Gruden and, and they come back this guy with shows up. It's like, yeah, it's like the... <laughs> well, you said. Yeah, it's like the Walmart version. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> the equate version yeah. of head coach yes, Gruden. Yes, Um I mean, does does he cultivate a relationship with RG3 and, and help turning him into a leader? He's been trying to. And then RG3, who now has how many years in the league? What, four years in the league? Uh, this is this is his fourth? This is his fourth year. He's, yeah. He ends up having joint practices with the Patriots. And he marveled at Tom Brady's preparedness and professionalism. Well, how can you not? You're four years into the league. You don't drop your jaw at anybody. You're four years into the league. You're a quarterback on a professional football team. You can have any amount of respect you want to have oh, for anybody else. Oh, I'm sorry. Else. No, we, we were wrong on that. This is his third year. This is going into his third it's year. His third year. I mean, he but he hasn't even played a complete two seasons. So Okay. So, I mean, ostensibly, he's a, you so, know. So, the last point I want to make on him, the last point I want to make on him, is his durability and his style of play conducive to a long-term career? No, absolutely not. Then why would you have him in a short-term career? When you have a guy like Kirk Cousins. No, who, and I say it's not because he's going to get himself hurt. That, not because his skill set won't get it done. But I believe his recklessness when he stays in the pocket too long or when he even goes and, and takes off. When he wheels out. Yeah, he, he's, he's too reckless. And that's going to get him seriously hurt. Now, his father and even himself, mm-hmm. I know. Don't mm-hmm. get me started on that. But they said that they're going to be more responsible when it comes to running out of bounds when he should or sliding when he should. We'll see how that plays out this year. But, again, just like our caveat as far as if he stays healthy, I think this guy is is a top 10 quarterback if he stays healthy. And I think his stats will prove that. But, again, will he? No. I don't and, think and so. And see, like, when I don't you, think so. It's not that any quarterback couldn't get hurt, but it's, it's the quarterback that puts himself in harm's way. Exactly. Anything can happen on any given play on any given Sunday. So would yes. you want a 25-year-old kid – Six foot three, six foot four, two hundred and fifteen, two hundred and twenty pounds. Six two, two twenty. Yeah, standing back there, slinging the ball down the field with accuracy. He can. Who? Griffin. Aren't we talking uh, about Griffin? Uh, uh, you just said his stats. Uh, six two, two twenty, twenty four years old. Kirk Cousins, twenty five years old, six foot four, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Mm-hmm. He's not going ten. And he's, to interception ratio. 58 QBR. After a team that already quit on him, they were already out of the That's playoffs. Fine. That, that but he hasn't, shown, he hasn't shown that he can do this for a whole season, so well, I don't know When has he had where, the opportunity? When has he had the opportunity? Well, why should he have the opportunity? So you should... You so, have a healthy RG3, who again, in his last two seasons where he was injured as well, has had pretty good quarterback stats. Quarterback stats. Sure, I'm sure. not even counting his rushing yards and what he's done with his legs. No, but I, 3,200, 3,203, 65 and 60% passing completion. 
You, you know, know what a huge uh, part of this uh, comes down to? Twenty to five me? and a sixteen to uh, two uh, interception ratio. A big part of this comes down to for me. You don't like him. Forget about the not liking personally aspect okay. of of the entire Washington franchise that I dislike. Okay, the fact that their name is a swear in our house, in your house, in my house. But yet we can say Redskins to a blue in the face on TV, on radio. It doesn't get beeped out. So it's not a swear. Not a swear. In reality, but in your house. In my home, my kids, we laugh about it. It's a joke. We've made it a swear. Right. You made it a swear. All of my loathing of the Washington Redskins, Mm. entire entire organization aside, Mm -hmm. any kid who comes into the league Mm -hmm. and decides he's going to do it his way Mm -hmm. and he's going to run the coach out of town his way, mm-hmm. and he's going to go and do things. Not just any coach, a Hall of Fame a, 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 coach. A Hall of Fame caliber coach. No, not even caliber. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Okay. Period. So you take a guy like that and you run him out of town on a rail, that's the guy you want leading your team? When you have the whispers coming out of the locker room about how he sabotages the team, how he's all about himself, that's the guy you want leading your team? We've had conversations going back now four weeks about leadership yep. on a team. Absolutely. And what does it mean in your locker room? We will see at the end of the season when he's thrown for over 4,000 yards. And still goes 4-12. No, no, you know what? No, I have the Redskins uh, doing a lot better than 4-12. and 12. They went 3-13 and 13 last year. They did. Okay. I am finishing at 7-9. and nine. All right. I'm going to go with 6-10. and 10. Okay. All right. 6-10, and 7-9. Yeah. I'm just going to give them. I'm, I'm, I'm sure. letting my hatred dictate but, one extra game. But I believe, and I think this will play out, and you know what? Maybe I have nothing to base this on, just based on the stats of these two termul- uh, term- turbulent yeah. <laughs> years that he's had. Excuse me. Um, I think he's going to have really good stats, and I don't think he's going to be the reason. I believe everybody so you now has, think is able to change. So you think now magically his attitude is going to change. I don't think it's magic. Okay. Uh, for some whatever reason, again, I'm not going to get in this guy's head. I don't condone second-guessing uh, a head coach of the caliber of Schottenheimer, especially publicly and in the media. It was disgusting. But maybe behind the doors, they genuinely did not like each other and genuinely could not work together well. Whatever the reason may be, I am optimistic for them, that yeah, not for them, but for him. Well, how, as however far he goes is how far they go. Okay, all right. But I, I believe he's going to end the year with with good, solid, top ten quarterback stats, mm-hmm. and I, and hopefully with none of the crap that he's already shown himself to get involved in. To get involved in, yes. Now, I believe it's going to be the defense that's going to let them down because the running back you got, you know, Alfred Morris. What a beast. World beater. You know, he comes into the league, into Washington in 2012, goes uh, 1,600 yards, 13 TDs. That's amazing. I forgot how un- good a season that he had. And his understudy could start anywhere yeah, else got, in the yeah, league. Yeah, you got Hulu. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hulu, great yeah. one, one-two punch, but the one is is more of the focus. Um, and yep. last year, you know, 1275 and seven touchdowns. Um, so, you know, four fumbles last year. A revamped receiving core. Yeah, exactly. So... I mean, I think they got potential, but I think their defense is going to let them down big time this year. You don't and think Brian Arakpo can keep it together out there on the field? <laughs> I don't think he can keep it together. No, All right. no, I don't think he can. And for the the, I want to close with this, and I think for the reason that I hate Jerry Jones now, yep, is the reason I am in love with Dan Snyder. Keep making sure your team sucks by keeping your fork in the food. 
This is where Eric and I leave you for a few moments. We'll be back with our coaching Mount Rushmore. We just, uh, the Bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. We played them in preseason. Who the hell takes a third game in a preseason like it's bullshit? Bullshit. We played them in the third game. Everybody played three quarters. The Bears are who we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Now, if you want to crown them, then crown their ass. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. <laughs> that was epic. That is. It wasn't that the, the greatest rant of all Absolutely. time. It has to That's be. That's better than playoffs. It is. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is. It's better than Allen Iverson with his uh, practice. Practice. <laughs> so what Eric and I are obviously alluding to is we have a uh, long-running feud a little uh, here. It's about the uh, who belongs on the NFL head coaching Mount Rushmore. Yes. That's four faces. Four faces. Carved out of granite. (laughs) And uh, so I think that it would probably be a good idea. To start with who we agree with. Mm. (laughs) All right, so let's start with who we agree with. Let's go with your your guy, your your man, Tom Landry. 20 winning seasons in a row. Good for him. As an NFL head coach, 18 playoff berths, 13 Mm -hmm. division championships, multiple Super Bowl wins. How many division championships? Uh, 13? 13. Yeah. Uh, I, I see Eric's making little notes here because I think that we're going to end up erupting on each other a little mm-hmm. bit over this topic. But Tom Landry, unquestionably, my granite face on Mount Rushmore. Well, who do you have as a another crossover for our Mount Rushmore? Um, uh, again, another guy that uh, I think we both wholeheartedly agree with is mind just for the game of football and how he goes about his business and how he coaches his players and puts together a team is is very unique, and which is why he keeps winning. Uh, he he stays within the rules until the rules get changed. Okay, he's the reason NFL changes rules. <laughs> this is Bill Belichick. That's right. He. And if Bill you we don't trust. put yes, if you don't put Belichick on your coaching Mount Rushmore, then you're ignorant and you're spiteful, mm-hmm. or you're just, you know, unintelligent. Yeah, and and if or you just want to be yeah, I think you said yeah, spiteful. You just want to be argumentative for yeah, the. You don't sake like of the Patriots. It. You don't like Belichick. Again, I'm a Dolphins fan. He's a Cowboys fan. Bill it, Belichick is on that highest Mount winning Rushmore. percentage in NFL history over yep. all the other head coaches. Yep. And he's still going strong. He's still going, yeah. And the team that he's got to put together this year looks like they're about, they're poised yes. to make more noise yep, in the Absolutely, AFC. for another 13, 3, 14, and 2 season. You throwing this one back to me? Yeah, go ahead. All right, well. So I we th- have two. Two guys we have two that we, agree. we only have two open positions now. Okay. And now, instead of going with the most obvious choice for me, and I think so the most obvious choice. No, I'm not being a contrarian. Okay. I think that one of the most overrated coaches in the history of the NFL is Vince Lombardi. Oh, Vince Lombardi. Go ahead. You named got... after, you know, the, the trophy named after this gentleman. Because he won the first two. Yeah. yeah. So okay. he won the first two, and, and but he doesn't belong on your Mount Rushmore. No. Why? Because Papa Bear Hallis belongs on it instead of him. Yep. All right. George oh, yeah. Hallis belongs on the coaching Mount Rushmore yep. before Vince Lombardi does. Yep. Okay. okay. So you know I'm... what? This is, this is, okay, now I had him on my list. Okay. Who, Papa Bear? No. Oh, v- no, Lombardi. No, Vince Lombardi. Over over Papa Bear, only from the standpoint of, call it sloppy, call it whatever you want, name recognition, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that he won the first two, and everybody knows who he is. Everybody knows Vince Lombardi. Um, he, he's legendary. Mm-hmm. 
So that that and that reason alone is the only reason I have him on my list. Now, my other guy that I have refused to take off the list. Uh, wait, hold on. No, no, no. Okay. I'm not okay, saying who it is. All right. But because I refuse to take this other gentleman off the list, who's actually closely tied to Halas, I kind of have to acquiesce to that. So you're going to let me Bear. take... I got to put Papa okay. Bear on there. But I needed to mention Vince Lombardi. He has to be mentioned. Okay, sure. Um, and also ran, however you want to put it, maybe you put a, a fifth little tiny face coming off the forehead of another one. I don't know. But um, uh, you can even, hey, you know what? If, if Vince, you know... If Vince has to be out there, make him the crazy horse statue. That's, yeah, that's, oh, yeah, the, yeah. That's exactly. over in the that's, Badlands. That's over in that's the Badlands. That's fine. Which is a fantastic, fantastic <laughs> pretty cool. work. It is pretty that they've cool. been working on for years. But anyway, um, so I'm going to give that to you. Uh, Papa Bear needs to be on that. All right. List. So right now, at one list. point, he was the most winningest. Hey, his ever. nickname before it was Papa Bear. His nickname was Mister Everything. He was a player. Yeah. He was a coach. Absolutely. He was an executive. He did more for the NFL than virtually anybody. Yep. So I can't I have ignore him. him. Yeah, I have him on the list yeah. above. Uh, above. I, I did a I, I did a sixth grade report uh, on, on, on Papa Bear. Yeah. and and this other gentleman that that we'll be mentioning in a little bit. So I want your fourth guy. Who? So we we already have our th- we have our three. We have Landry. We got Belichick, and now we have Papa Bear. Who's your fourth guy, Ted? Kind of opening this one up for us to to I guess have an argument about. I already got the gloves on. I'm going to go with a guy that did almost as much for the AFL as George Hallis did for the NFL. And I'm going to put Al Davis. Al Davis. I'm putting Al Davis you on. You want Al Davis on the, on the Mount Rushmore of coaching. I want Al Davis on there. Because, he, again, Al Davis was the head coach of the Oakland Raiders when they came up. Yep. He was instrumental in the merger of yep. to make the modern yes, that, day that NFL. Is true. Yes, that he was very um, instrumental in that. He, it would not have gotten yes, it done without him. Without him, he was able to actually deal with Pete Rozelle at a yep. time when any of the other nobody uh, else could. Lamar Hunt couldn't do it. Yep. And they call the AFC Championship mm-hmm. Trophy the yep. Lamar Hunt Trophy, yep. and Lamar Hunt couldn't get the uh, AFL and the NFL merged together. Yep. And Al Davis was more instrumental in that than anybody. Yep. Al Davis, I have my Mount Rushmore. From left to right is Belichick, Landry, Hallis, Davis. Okay. You got Davis there. All right. Now I'm going to take a big jackhammer to the face <laughs> of Davis with my middle finger up in the air to my buddy Ted from American Ted's Ice Cream Social. Okay. You ignorant son of a... Listen here. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw a few stats out there. You said Tom Landry, 13 division titles. 14. This man has 14 division titles. Okay. Six-time NFL Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. He's in the Hall of Fame. I know who you're talking about. Go ahead. Keep More Super Bowl stats. appearances than any other coach with six Super Bowl appearances. Sure. He has taken two different teams to the Super Bowl and won it. Mm-hmm. He is the only coach to coach a team undefeated regular season playoffs and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he has the most regular season wins of any coach. Five-time AFC championship winner and that's Don Shula Mm -hmm. and if you don't have Don Shula on your Mount Rushmore you deserve a big open hand five finger slap to the face from your buddy Eric you know when you have a guy I I don't deny Don Shula's ability I don't deny his talent or his unbelievable stats I I don't deny any of that stuff but you can't deny that he couldn't give Dan Marino uh, a running game he couldn't yeah, the Heisingers weren't really 
you know. Oh, so so it's it's Wayne Heisinger's really, fault. Uh, they weren't giving him the the money to go out and get a top flight uh, running back, but they when they had Marino. So so it's they so, didn't think it necessary. So he and didn't it was have clearly necessary. So he didn't have the cachet as a coach at the time to be able to. Apparently not. He 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 was screaming for a running back for years, for decades. So Marv Levy to, to get a, to get a running back to to a company, and then what 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 would he do? They'd go out and and sign, uh, you know. Retreads, so yeah, exactly. They, like know. like Thurman Thomas. I remember watching the game when when Thurman Thomas went to the uh, to the Miami Dolphins. Laughable, and he still had some gas in the tank. Mm-hmm. And right before they were about to hand off the ball, the announcer was talking and said, "You know, Thurman Thomas said if he gets injured one more time, he's going to uh, <laughs> retire." And go back to the Bills so he could retire a Buffalo Bill and call it a season. Oh, boy. As soon as he got done saying that, boom, injured. Out for the rest of the season. Blew out his leg. Done. Instantly. I remember cringing as he was talking. Like, why are you saying this? (laughs) And in that very play, injured, done. Went back to the Bills, signed him for a day, and retired as a Buffalo Bill. That was something that always stuck with me. See, I'm going to give... And by the time they got Ricky, it was too late. And well, and I'm going to give you know, and obviously I'm going to give him credit for you know he worked with uh, Johnny Unitas. Yeah, won a Super was, Bowl with the he, Colts. Won a Super Bowl with the Colts um, when the AFC was usually outmatched by the NFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that's all well and good, but his Colts team could never have competed. His Colts teams in the '60s, his Dolphins teams in the '70s, could never have competed in the contemporary game that he came into in the '80s. And so he hung on probably a decade too long, but still continued to win. Well, uh, you know, yeah, continued to to win divisions. I would say and, that I'd say that to the playoffs, he was in one of the worst divisions in football at the time. Absolutely he, not. What about the Buffalo Bills? Who by what the time? What are you talking about? When the, oh, what during the '80s? What, what Vince Ferragamo as their quarterback? You, you had four straight Super Bowl appearances. In the 90s. With the, with the Dolphins and Dan Marino, mo- the majority of that career was in the 90s, my friend. When he broke the record, that was in the 90s. What year did Dan Marino come into the league? 85? Uh, 80, yeah, 85. Oh, no, 84. So it came yeah, it in was 80, 84. 84. So but the majority of his career and their... their um, uh, and so he couldn't get past. Was in the nineties, so he couldn't get past Marv Levy. Well, so does Marv Levy belong there? Well, no, he went. To, he went to the Super Bowl. He, he went to the Super Bowl. Marv Levy went to four. Yeah, in the nineties. <laughs> Didn't but, you just say that? Yeah, but but, but, but you went to the Super Bowl in the eighties. But you're telling me right now that that Shula. I'm saying that Shula's the big drawback I have on Don Shula. What is that? He couldn't get Marino a running back. That's his drawback. So that's why you keep no, him off the uh, mountain. No, that you have Marino listed as the greatest quarterback basically that's ever played the game. One of them. Yeah, yeah, well, okay? absolutely. And one fine, of them. we can have of that argument he, next. Well, how week. is that an argument? Uh, well, Are you serious? Well, let's argue, have that conversation. You're going to next argue week. with me. You're going to argue with me about whether or not Dan Marino was one of the best quarterbacks to play in the NFL? How are you going to measure that? How are you going to measure his level of success? Level of success just with stats. Oh, all right. It so, doesn't take it. Okay, cool. Win a then awesome. Awesome. Then to that be known means that one of Brett, the greatest. Great. Then Brett Favre is is that much better than Dan Marino? How so? Because his stats are better. You just said it. His stats. Oh, really? His stats are better. That's why Marino had the records, and, and that have been being broken lately by Peyton Manning. Um, Brett Favre broke a couple of them. But Marino, who has the most touchdown passes? Most who has the most touchdown passes? 
That's, so what? But I'm talking about stats. Where's the All right, so what? So we also paid three more years, four more years beyond what Marino played. So huh? let's average it out. Let's so, let's average it out and see where those numbers are. And taking are. that back to Don Shula again, who coached probably a decade longer than he should have. He did and not he, coach a decade longer than he should have. He could because it was still relevant in the '90s. They they weren't having win losing seasons in the '90s. So how how was he holding on too long? His last coaching year was in 1995. So you tell me how we held on too long. I was watching those Dolphins teams. And you were watching them fall short. And yeah, you were fall watching short, consistently. But not lose. They, they weren't losers. They weren't posting losing records. They weren't irrelevant in the NFL. When you when you become irrelevant and keep posting losing seasons, seven and nines, or, or even worse, that's when you've, you know what, you've hung along too long. He was still putting out a winning team. Was he getting to the Super Bowls? No, he wasn't at that stage in his career. But the, but the team wasn't in a position to do that. And it takes a lot to get... We just talked about this last week. It's not easy to make it to a Super Bowl. No. Okay, this guy made it to... to um, I'm sorry, to six. He made it to six Super Bowls in his career. When was his last Super Bowl one. appearance? <clears throat> it was in 85. Okay. It was in 85. So 10 years later. So 10 years removed from his last Super Bowl is when he retired. I don't think that's unreasonable at all. I don't think that's unreasonable. Ten years from your last Super Bowl, that's when you retire? And you tell me he hung on, hung, hung on too long? He did hang on he too long. He didn't hang on too long. And the teams that he had the most success with he's were... He's on the mountain. He's on yours. No, he's on the mountain. <laughs> you know what? Because he's actually better than Al Davis at coaching, not as good necessarily as Marv Levy and when the game started to evolve Ted, into the modern Ted, football game. Get to it. Fine. Don Shula joins Tom Landry, George Hallis, and Bill Belichick okay. on the NFL was coaching. That, was that, was that that hard? That warms my heart. Appreciate. That. Well, I'm just. I, I just know that you, we're running. You saw the light. I, I yeah, and the light's and telling the light me that we're, we're <laughs> running long on time. <laughs> <laughs> so we appreciate you sticking with us. I hope you enjoyed the show this week. Um, you know, we'll be back on Wednesday. And uh, I'm Eric, and I'm Ted, and it's been the Ice Cream Social.